Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. I am your host, Altamash, and it's Tuesday, September 26th, is around 9 o'clock. And I just think the Miami Dolphins have scored another touchdown <laughs> against the Denver Broncos. And that's where we're going to start. 70 burger. 70 to 20 Dolphins over the Broncos. Let me repeat that again. 77-0. 10 total touchdowns for the Miami Dolphins in an absolute rout of the Denver Broncos who fall to 0-3. Russell Wilson and new head coach Sean Payton gotta figure it out. Because this is terrible. Sean Payton came into the year talking about he's going to be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs. How Nat Hackett did the worst coaching job in history. It ain't looking much better right now, Sean Payton. 70? I know the defenses in New Orleans were bad. And Sean Payton's got to eat some of that. But 7-0. Almost with three points off the record. Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins, I guess, took it off. The gas right at the end. They could have kicked the field goal. Tied the record. 73 points. Man, they should have done it, right? Like, go for the record. How many chances are you ever going to get to score 70 points in a game? It's very difficult to do that in a Madden game when you're playing on rookie mode. Much less in the NFL. This isn't college where Alabama plays some school in the middle of nowhere with, you know, 200 students and they absolutely annihilate them. It's not like that. These are professional athletes against other professional athletes. And I've always been of the mindset of don't be mad. Stop it. Like, and this is the NFL. This is the most alpha of alpha players, right? It's like you can't be mad. This is no unspoken rule because that's a lot of stuff that happens in baseball a lot of times where it's unspoken rules. You know, don't do this. Don't do that. Stop it. If I was Mike McDaniel, I respect him. You know, Tua came out after the game saying, hey, you know, he didn't want to embarrass anybody, didn't want to humiliate anybody. But you've already done that for the most part. It's 70 points on the scoreboard. Go for the record. Break the record. They didn't. But still, 70 points is absolutely crazy. Looking at the stat lines of some of the players, it's mind-boggling numbers, just video game numbers. Let's start off with, I guess, the, the simplest and... Most normal stats, I guess, which is Tua, four touchdowns, 309 yards, more touchdowns than incompletions, only three incompletions, 23 of 26. I think he started off like 16 of 16. Just a masterful performance by the Miami Dolphins, who look like the best team in the NFL right now. Again, it's only September, and you got to see it out, but... Man, they look like an absolute juggernaut. Raheem Mostert. Starting running back. Three rushing touchdowns. You know, just 13 for 82 and three tubs. And then, you know, on receiving end, seven receptions for 60. And then another touchdown. So four total touchdowns for the ex-San Francisco 49er. And then you got Devon Achan. Achan. Sorry, that's the name. Achan. Sorry. 18 rushes for 203 yards, two touchdowns of his own, and then two receiving as well. Four touchdowns each for Mostert and Achain. Achain. 
Oh my god, I'm gonna mess up the name. They kept saying A Chain. Don't get me wrong. They kept saying A Chain during the the game, but it's A Chan. My fault. But let's stick with it, right? Just eight touchdowns amongst two running backs. And if you guys have them in fantasy, you know what I'm talking about because they absolutely annihilated everybody. If you had those two guys or one of them playing, you probably won your fantasy matchup. And then Tyreek Hill, just another day at the office. Nine receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. And I got to ask, how's that man always open? Like, he is always open. First touchdown of the game, they run a, he runs a crossing route wide open and then he beats the safety to the touchdown. I mean, nobody's going to beat that man in the race. Don't get me wrong. But that's crazy. Like, the guy's always open. And then Tua got out of the game. Mike White came in, threw a 68-yard <laughs> touchdown. Robbie Chosen had one reception in the game, which was a 68-yard touchdown. It felt like everything that Mike McDaniel and the crew was calling was coming up trumps. Mike McDaniel, we know he's a good offensive mind. They were good last year. They everything hinges on Tua's health. And he looks healthy. And I pray that he stays healthy because the Dolphins are a serious contender when he's playing his best. And then the defense, you know, they don't are getting any credit for this game at holding the Broncos to 20 points. It's still an accomplishment because it's easy to let your foot off the gas, especially when you're up by so much. But holding the uh, Broncos to 20 points, great to see from that end as well. They look like a complete team right now. On top of that, I forgot to mention, you know, no Jalen Waddle was out for the game. If you guys have seen that documentary, uh, BS High School, y'all should check it out. It's like when IMG High School played Bishop Sycamore High School and it was no competition. That's literally what the game felt like. It was men versus boys. Even though they're all professionals, that's what it felt like. And the wild part is, they would have won by double digits if the Dolphins only played one half of football. They scored 35 in both half, both halves. They could have won the game just playing in one half instead of the other, which is crazy. They would have won by 15 points playing just one half and doing nothing for the rest of the, sec- the other half. That's wild to think about. And then switching over to the Broncos a little bit, it was sad to listen to Garrett Bowles, the lineman, left tackle for the Denver Broncos, talk about post-game. He said he's been with the Broncos for seven years, and all he's seen is losing, or all he's done is lose. And that's sad, and that's demoralizing, considering this was supposed to be a turnaround, right? The idea before was you had Trevor Simeon, you had Paxton Lynch, you had all these quarterbacks post paint Manning that weren't good, and you were trying to win with terrible quarterback play. Then last year, you trade for Russell Wilson, He's no good. Nathaniel Hackett gets fired midway through his first season. Now he's the OC with the Jets. And he's figuring out the hard way that it's Aaron Rodgers was a lot of the offense. And that's always the case with all the great quarterbacks. They make OCs look good. They're the ones that get OC these jobs. Aaron Rodgers playing like an MVP candidate got Nathaniel Hackett the job. And now, of course, he's got Zach Wilson in his office. Doesn't look so good. What a shock. It's surprising very unbelievable thing to see good quarterback good offense bad quarterback bad offense you know crazy phenomenon but this was supposed to be the turnaround for the broncos though right let's not stick stick with the broncos russell wilson now you got sean payton in this was a turnaround and they're 0-3 
They don't look much better. Their defense has gotten substantially worse. Last year, it was about the offense. They couldn't get the play in time. They, it was all those, you know, memes of the crowd counting down from 10, 9, 8, 7 when the game clock, I mean, the, the play clock was going down. Just to remind the players, it became almost a sarcastic joke amongst the crowd because they kept getting all these delay of games. But now Sean Payton. And he's supposed to be an offensive mastermind. And he had Drew Brees and he looked great. And now he's got Russell Wilson. And they're having trouble figuring out the plays. He said we got to dumb down the play calls because we're taking too long. And if they keep going down this road, is Russell Wilson still going to be the quarterback? If you're 0-4, 1-6, or something along those lines, do you start looking towards the future? But you've got all this money invested in Russell Wilson. It's a weird situation the Broncos are in. We'll see how it things pan out they gave Sean Payton a lot of money and a lot of control over the team we'll see what happens but it ain't looking so good speaking of not looking so good the Dallas Cowboys went to Arizona like world beaters 2-0 after two dominant wins against both the New York teams and they laid an egg stunk it up in Arizona losing to Joshua Dobbs James Connors and the crew 28 to 16 and some of their problems from the past year kind of reared its ugly head inefficiency in the red zone and then when they when the defense can't get you know quit just stops and the offense has to take over the game they weren't able to do it Arizona coming into the season was like hey they traded with Col- I mean Colin Murray's injured Cole McCoy got cut and now they're going to Joshua Dobbs. If everybody was, me included, was like, hey, they're tanking. They're not even trying to win. Maybe they're trying to get rid of Kyler as well. Maybe draft Caleb Williams, even though they have money in Kyler. And he's going to come back. But they they lost the first two games, but they looked solid in the first two games. You know, they didn't look like a team that was tanking or quitting. The ownership and the general manager might be doing something along those lines. Or maybe even the coaching staff, but the players are out there to play. And they played well. Joshua Dobbs has looked very solid, to be fair to him. Much to my surprise. But the Cowboys. You can't lose that game. You're, you're a double-digit favorite. was a 12.5 point favorite in Arizona. And the problem rears ugly head. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott can't figure it out in the red zone. It was a one of six, I think, from in the red zone in terms of conversions. And through that bad interceptions in the in the end zone, which was a game-killing interception. And Cowboys, back to having questions. Can they win games when their defense just isn't annihilating the competition? And with Trevon Diggs, unfortunately, out for the season now, Stephon Gilmore has to move into that number one role. Now that Nick, that guy who was a third corner has to become number two that's going to be a big factor but Trevon Diggs had no business or anything to do with the fact that they couldn't stop the run with James Conner running wild on them and Joshua Dobbs getting these crazy uh leak outs into like you know 20 yard 30 yard gains writing start from the right from the beginning you got that big like 25 yard run in the first quarter and ever since then like Arizona had played from the front foot the entire game they couldn't get the pressure Micah talked about in his podcast hey you know we got to My target and my prey is Joshua Dobbs and X, Y, and Z. And it didn't happen like that. And we'll see 
if Dak can start to play better, especially in games, because it's not always going to be you're up by double digits and you can run the ball or you can, you know, play easy, calm, cool, and collected. There's going to be a lot of these games. We'll see how the Cowboys react. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense, which took a big hit with Steph- uh, with Trevon Diggs. But they're still solid. Michael Parsons is still one of the best players in the NFL. But we need to see Dak be better in these situations. We've seen it in the past. Haven't seen it recently. And that's kind of been their Achilles heel. We'll see what happens. And then let's move forward. And I wanted to talk a little bit about another team um, that's struggling which is the Minnesota Vikings and the Chargers game. Vikings-Chargers coming into the game. Both teams 0-2. Pretty much a must-win game in Week 3, if there is such a thing. Vikings obviously lose red zone interception uh, with less than a minute left for Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings fall to 0-3 at home. Justin Herbert balled out. Over 400 yards. Had his touchdowns. Uh, I think he had three touchdowns. And then Keenan Allen balled out 18 receptions. Uh, 18 receptions, 215 yards, and a touchdown. Especially with Mike Williams going out. Unfortunately, he's out for the season as well with a torn ACL. Chargers pulled it out. Brandon Staley went for it on that fourth down at the end of the game, which was a ridiculous fourth and one at their own 25. They had just gotten a stop. The previous possession, but Brandon Staley playing overly aggressive when he didn't need to, especially because they had just gotten a stop. He goes for it. They don't convert, and now the Vikings had the ball 25 yards with less, I think, like two minutes left. And unfortunately, they were able to get through and win, but it was a bad decision nonetheless, right? The result shouldn't dictate what the decision was good or bad. It was a bad decision. They got away with it. And now the Vikings are 0-3. And the Jets need a quarterback? There's a lot of rumors. Maybe it'll happen. I think it would be it would be fun to see. Kirk Cousins, last year of his contract. Aaron Rodgers is out for the year. Zach Wilson is absolutely terrible. Although they also brought in Trevor Simeon today, which I don't really get. You go get Kirk Cousins to the Jets. You trade for him. You can have a chance to salvage your season. We know Kirk Cousins can ball out. The Vikings can, you know, if they go 1-5. and five, My thing is you don't want to be in a position, if you're the Jets, where you trade him by for, trade for him in like week 6 or week 7, and then the season is like practically over because you're 1-6 or you're 2-5. and five. You got to do it now within the next week, possibly 2, week 4, week 5. See if you could bring him in and help use him to hopefully save your season. Because Kirk Cousins is very good and he's been very good. But the turnovers in the red zone has killed the Vikings this year. And just bad turnovers. We saw, uh, I think it was week one or week two, Justin Jefferson fumbling it out of the end zone. They've had very timely, horrible times to have turnovers. Especially in the red zone or getting close to the red zone. And that's cost him. And maybe the Vikings think about moving off from Kirk Cousins because the reports are that he's not going to sign anyways. You can get something for him. You can move into the position to get a top quarterback, possibly like a Caleb Williams, 
um, or Drake May coming uh, uh, next year. But we'll see if that happens. That'll be an interesting storyline if the Jets actually decide to move forward with that. And then you get Kirk Cousins for a year or like a half a year. And then you get Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. Couldn't hurt the Jets, right? It can't be much. It, it's absolutely a million times better than Zach Wilson and what they're doing right there. They should have won that game against the Patriots. They didn't. And then lastly, I wanted to give talk a little bit about our hometown team, the Houston Texans, with a very, very impressive win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a divisional opponent, going to Jacksonville with a rookie with a rookie quarterback, winning 37-17. CJ Stroud, like I talked about last week on the podcast, has looked legit. With no offensive line, the guy is still dealing the ball. All he's proven is just give me two seconds and I'll be able to deliver the ball where it needs to go. Tank Dell has come on as a rookie. Shout out Cougars, U of H product. Tank Dell with another spectacular game with a long touchdown from CJ Stroud. And CJ Stroud, the biggest thing is no INTs. He's had, I think he's had a couple of fumbles uh, uh, that they've lost, but no INTs. Most passes thrown to start an NFL career without an interception. So he's taking care of the ball. He's giving his team a chance. And if the offensive line can stay relatively intact, Larry Tunsil hopefully can come back this week or within the next couple of weeks, protect the guy. The guy's shown he's got skills and he's very talented. And if the Texans have hit a home run, it would be a wild turnaround from the fact that last year, it was like why the Texans won that Week 18 game. And Brevin Jordan talked about how that was the best thing that's happened because if they didn't win that game, they get the first pick and most likely to take Bryce Young. Not saying that Bryce Young isn't going to be a great or even a superstar. But right now, CJ Stroud looks like the better quarterback. He's the healthier quarterback as Bryce Young was out for Carolina. Andy Dalton played in Seattle. They ultimately lost that game. But CJ Stroud is more of the prototypical quarterback. The 6'4", over 200. He's not you know, small and scrawny like Bryce Young is. More able to take more hits. Just the more prototypical guy. But CJ Stroud has been playing so well. And then he's also got the third most passing yards in NFL history through his first three games. So the guy's throwing the ball. He's not turning it over. Get a big win against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's got high hopes, especially at home. You go and beat Jacksonville. That's a big statement. That's such a good thing to see. The Texans have been starving for a quarterback since... I don't know, 2014 when they had Matt Schaub and then you had Deshaun Watson for a little while there. Then he got injured and all of his stuff. So it's been a good, what, three, four years since the Texans have had any resemblance of a good quarterback or or hope in a good quarterback. But CJ Stroud might be the answer. I'm looking forward to seeing him develop. We can, crap, they only won two, three games last year. They're already a third away there now. CJ Stroud looks legit. The Texans need to protect him still. But such a big, huge win to go on the road against a division rival and get it done. Major props to D'Amico. 
and CJ Stroud getting their first career win. Looking forward to seeing them develop. Looking forward to seeing them do well. Especially for the city because we're starving for a good quarterback that we can, you know, a good football team that we can put, uh, we can follow behind. And maybe this is this is the starting of something great. And yeah, uh, that will be starting something great. This is the end of something great. This is the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And on that note, I am out.